Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, David Katowski. Well, speaking of that fire that you had in your belly when you graduated from Brown. You said you went to Wall Street. What was your first job and how did you get it? I got my first job actually through a, through a Brown connection, through networking. A good friend of mine, Greg Rogers, told me about an opening that he had heard about with Hong Kong Shanghai Bank. I went and applied. And what was interestingly enough, one of the people that I interviewed with who was a young guy who was only a year older than me, I knew from the lacrosse world. And so that my lacrosse background absolutely helped me get the job. And that was my first job working for Hong Kong Shanghai Bank. I was a government bond and interest rate swap specialist. And I would say for the first six months, I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to learn, I had to learn on the fly what an interest rate swap specialist was. What is it? Basically, you're, you're swapping fixed interest rates for variable interest rates on large sums of money. So you, you're switching a variable mortgage for a fixed mortgage. That's the okay. easiest way to, to explain it. And you got a BA in organizational behavioral management, not in yeah. finance. I'm guessing you uh, took a couple of finance classes. Sure. I mean, my the best way I can explain my major is, is basically like organizational behavioral management was business management. Okay. So- did any of the coursework that you had taken at Brown come in handy when you had that first job? Or was it like, God, it didn't matter what? No, classes. absolutely. Absolutely. It did come into play. And I think one of the unique things about Brown is the open curriculum where you can basically create your own major and you can pick and choose what classes you take that make up your major. So my major, I took economics classes. I had accounting. I had biology in there. I had political science. I had history. I had philosophy. So all of those things, I think, made an impact on what I was going to be doing in career wise. So you stayed at Hong Kong, Shanghai for two years, and then you moved over to Merrill. And I believe your first title, at least the one that's on your resume, was VP, Senior Financial Consultant in Innovative Planning Services. And in that role, you were responsible for developing marketing strategies for financial consultants 
and assisted in establishing the National Network of Accountants. What was the National Network of Accountants? National Network of Accountants was an organization, basically, when you're working in the finance world, your single best source of referrals are accountants. So what we want to do was create a network of accountants that we could have as referral sources and then surround those accountants with all of the necessary people that they that their clients would need. So anything from investment banking to mergers and acquisitions to wills and trusts to everyday banking needs to mortgages to financial consulting and investments. So that's what it was all about was creating this network of accountants and and developing a network for these accountants where we could be seen as a resource for them. But it didn't exist until you saw that gap, Dave. Can you Share with us how you identified the gap. Well, I mean, it's one of the things I think is even today is accountants, they are the single best referral source. And so by far, when we're seeing that gap, if we could create our own network and not just have a one-off where you have these people who are truly professionals in their respective fields surrounding these accountants, well, then these accountants wouldn't have to go anywhere else for their business. And they would look to us as their own referral source. So when it came to someone needed to open up an account to have stocks, bonds, mutual funds, investments, pension planning, financial planning, whatever it may be, they would turn to us. But what I think is so fascinating is that you were probably like, what, 24, 25? Yeah, we were young. I was young at the time. Now I was involved with other people who were starting it who were much older than me, but I was directly involved from the beginning. I remember when you and I first chatted and you said you asked some questions, right? Didn't you say, like, how are we cultivating these people? I, I seem to remember it was along those lines. I mean, how did that where was the thread that you started pulling on? Well, that, I mean, that was it. You know, getting back to who are your single best referral sources? I built my entire business at Merrill Lynch 100 percent through referrals. So I didn't cold call. I didn't mass market. I wasn't doing huge seminars and things like that. I was building it through a referral base. Is that unusual? I don't think it's as unusual today. I think in back in the day in Wall Street where you had the cold call cowboys who you just pick up a phone and dial for dollars. And I had no interest in ever doing that. I wanted people to refer me to people who realized that I was coming in there to do either a business financial plan or a personal financial plan on them. And as part of that, I would always make sure that I got the accountants and the attorneys directly involved. So one hand fed the other and they both washed the face. You said it wasn't that common back then. Where did the idea come from for you to say, I want to do this through referrals? It wasn't like you had family members who'd been in finance before. Was this from Mr. Watson who made this suggestion? Or no, was this- actually, it was, it was, it was, from, a, it was from another boss from Innovative Planning where it, it, it came from the whole referral system came from the life insurance business. Life insurance people developed a referral system. I looked at it. I said, this is something that I could do. It's something that works. And if it works and you just follow through on it, it's going to basically result in new clients. So I looked at it. I learned the system inside and out and I ran with it. And that's what I did. It wasn't a system that I created, but when I was at Merrill Lynch, I taught this system all throughout the entire country. Which is 
absolutely incredible. And during your time at Merrill, and you were promoted to senior vice president, professional sales manager, and senior financial consultant, you actually achieved membership in the Merrill Lynch Circle of Excellence, the Chairman's Club, the President's Club, the Executive Club, and achieved one of the highest ratings within the country based on the recruiting that you did and the hiring you did of financial consultants. Yeah. Was that your sports competitive drive there? 100%. 100%. That's the competitive drive. And the nice thing about Merrill Lynch is that they made it easy for you to want to be competitive. You always knew where your numbers were. You knew where you were inside your office for your length of service. You knew where you were in your district and you knew where you were nationally. So if you wanted to be at the top of those national numbers, you knew exactly what you needed to do on a regular basis. And that was always a competitive thing for me where I wanted to be one of the tops in the country. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.